We started this recording with a really broad topic. How has getting sober affected your life? We had no idea what direction it was going to go. The result was absolutely amazing. Honest conversation about all the ways our lives have changed. The little things, our ability to remain calm and appreciate the moments of joy in our lives, to really big things like being able to cope with grief and depression and falling in love with the version of ourselves that is focused on growing into the best person each of us can be. This was a really special, meaningful conversation between close friends, and we hope you enjoy listening as much as we did chatting. Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Julie and Steve. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, and how we create a life so full there's no space left for alcohol. If you ever listen to these podcast episodes and wish you could take part in a conversation like the ones we have, make sure you check out our Monday night sober hangout sessions on Zoom. They are exactly what you get here. Conversations with other people in recovery about a certain topic in groups of four or five people. You can get more information in our newsletter. Visit throughtheglassrecovery.com for more info. All right. Hello. Thank you guys all for being here today. This is actually really refreshing. We're here with people that we know and it's like comfy. It's like hanging out with friends. This is this is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll go ahead and do introductions. We're here with John and Antia and Derek. John, do you want to go first? Sure. I'm John. I am from Portland, Oregon, where I'm a physician in practice. And I am about uh, two years, a little over two years sober at this point in time. Super cool. Thank you so much for being here. John's been a part of, yeah. of my journey since the very beginning. We met like, I don't know, right at the very beginning of our our sobriety journeys. So super excited to have you here. And next we have Antia, who is back for like, I don't know, the, the 20th time or something like that. <laughs> our most regular of regulars. How are you? Thanks for having me again. I'm Antia. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I got uh, one year and about 10 months sober, so I'm pretty happy about that. Thanks for awesome. closing in on the second year. Cool. And last but not least is Derek. <laughs> Better late than never, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Derek. I've been in recovery or sober since 02, 24, 2020, so it's uh, three years, nine months, a little over that. So that's where I'm at in my sobriety and my journey of recovery. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here and thanks for coming back. Good to see you. Yeah. So I think it's easy to underestimate just how much getting sober affects your entire life. I know for me, when I stopped drinking, I had no idea how much was going to change, how much would be affected. And I know the same is true for most people, especially those that are just starting their recovery journeys. They just have no idea. So we are going to talk about that today. How has getting sober affected your life? 
So it's like a super broad topic. So y'all are welcome to run with it in any direction you see fit. I I, I can start a little bit. I, I was thinking about this today. And at first, my answer was there were only like these little things that it's affected. Uh, there are some things I've noticed about that I, I don't always give credit to today. Little things like just how I feel in the morning when I wake up and and stuff like that. Then I really thought about it, and it it's affected pretty much every moment of my day, but so so gradually in such small ways at first that I don't always appreciate it till I stand back. There's things like I used to be angry all the time, just like really angry, and like parenting. I've got a couple kids, and my, my patient's parenting is so much better than it used to be my ability to navigate stress at work. We were talking about a work situation, which is kind of disappointing for it recorded. And it's like, it'll be okay. You know, I wish it were different, but it'll be okay. And maybe what, what really sums it up a lot is that I, I had the ability in sobriety to look back at all those little changes and actually appreciate them in a way that I really struggled when I was drinking, like, little wins and little moments in the day that were good were just not not things I held on to. You know, mm-hmm. it would always get drowned out by what was wrong with my life. Yep. And now it, it's it's really the other way around. Like I, I'll have bad things happen and sometimes I kind of forget about it. I'll get back the next day like, oh right, that happened. So it's it's really a very it's a broad question, but it's like a really a broad effect for me. And sometimes it's very subtle, but it is huge that was awesome yeah that's like, like a lot of positivity a lot of more positive outlook maybe i like well, how you go ahead dare when i finally made that choice which i think was the hardest choice of my life because from five years old till 36 i didn't want to admit that i needed help so making that choice was hard but then you're faced with this problem because i'm a firm believer in like what i've been through that drugs and alcohol not my problem sex money whatever it is that was my solution that's what made me feel better that's what got me outside myself so now i'm faced with this problem looking at me in the mirror and that problem is me and um you think of everything like when i first started recovering sobriety i'm faced with the trauma i'm faced with anxiety i'm faced with social anxiety i'm diagnosed with mental health i have all these issues then now I have to face, and in order to stay this way, I need to find these new habits, these new ways of thinking, this new way of uh, loving myself, you know, because I didn't know what love is, but I didn't know what shame was. So honestly, that first year of recovery for me was quite a roller coaster. I remember four months, I was like, this is it. I got it. I love it. Uh, I don't ever want to go back. And then six months hit, and I was like, this is freaking recovery. I don't want any part. <laughs> 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 you know learning those new habits and teaching myself patience and grace and kindness because again like scientifically I, I learned and i work in rehabs and I, I do counseling and all that stuff i've learned like it takes a year and a half for your brain to fire new what new ways to think anyways so if i you know i was all excited like okay i'm gonna be healed in 90 days i'm gonna have a job the girl i'm gonna have my kids back that none of that happened <laughs> but the good thing is like you have you're now faced with this problem that is you and that's okay. And like when you teach people, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be broken. You learned how to live your life this way. 
let's unlearn it and teach you a new way. So do you think like, when you think about the time you took to get your alcohol, to get your drugs, to wait outside the liquor store at 7 to 8 p.m., to wait in Walmart parking lots for the drug dealer to call you, you know, you got really good at being an addict. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to take that same time and practice to be really good at being a recovered human being and teaching your brain the good ways to get dopamine, the healthy ways to get serotonin, whether that's the gym, going to therapy, you know, walking through life, teaching yourself to tell you so you love yourself. Who? I remember doing mirror work and that was the hardest thing to do to look at myself in the mirror and say, I love you or you're kind or you're worth this. It was always like, I'm a POS, I suck. And that's what caused me to drink and use. So I didn't want to feel that way. So that was the hardest part, teaching myself ways, new ways to learn how to love myself and get that dopamine and get that feel good without picking up the bottle or needle. Yeah. And you're like all about affirmations now. I love, I love your affirmations. You do all the stuff on Instagram and it's amazing. That's, I was the same way. Like, like self-loathing was the name of my game for most of my adult life. Right. And I think that's been one of the huge changes is I've learned to stop the self-loathing, to actually love who I am. And that is such a hard thing to do. It takes so much practice and so much effort. It's not like you just quit drinking and suddenly you're in love with who you are, right? Like it takes so much effort and so much work. But to find that loving myself, loving who I am with my flaws and then develop a sense of self-worth that like comes from inside, that's been a huge change for me. That's been like a, a massive piece of this for me is not running around desperately seeking validation and affirmation from other people. Like that was the story of my life. That's all I did was run around and try to get people to tell me that I was good enough and that I was worthy of love and all of that. So to leave that whole way of being behind is it it's just it's like living a completely different life now. And that's not just quitting drinking. Like that's not just getting sober. That's all of the work of recovery that's gotten me to that point. And for sure, that that shaky ground sometimes, right? Like I'm going through a really rough period in my life right now. And the first thing I do is go back to insecurity because that's where I was forever. That's where I was comfortable. So like I can feel it. I still have to fight for it. It's still something that takes effort, especially when life gets hard. But but it's definitely a lot different than it used to be. I I have to say, I thought getting sober means not drinking alcohol. And that was a very hard concept. And now being sober, I learned that it wor- it means working on myself to figure out all the things that got me to drink. And um, one of the biggest positives I see is that I learned to accept the things that I try to run away from. So for example, feeling crappy, the, the bad days, that's still hard, but learning to accept that they're bad and everybody has bad days, that it's kind of what I didn't expect. I just thought you're going to quit drinking and then you just, you know, cut the alcohol and, and you, you otherwise life is the same, right? And so this whole thing of working on yourself and addressing the underlying issues that I, I didn't understand when I quit drinking. And that's the biggest positive part about it to actually work on those things and learning to accept and learning to deal with emotions and learning to deal with, yeah, all the stuff that I wanted to cover up. Yeah. 
And that's the difference between thriving and recovery too and not, right, is recognizing that it's more than just quitting drinking. There's a lot of people who just quit drinking and that's as far as they go for years. And I think that's that's the big difference. And that's why some people are thriving because they recognize that that's like the, the first little baby step is the quitting drinking. And then comes everything else that you're talking about. Derek mentioned it, right? He was like, you spent all of those years and all of that time, you know, sitting out front of Walmart or out front of the liquor store or whatever it is, you spent all of that time and effort forming all of those habits. And that took 10 years. It's more than 10 years, really, from the very beginning in my in my early 20s to 39. So, you know, almost two decades, but still, like, it took a long time for those ha- habits to develop and form and then... F- build off of each other. Now I have to undo all of that because those habits started building off of each other and became more and more unhealthy the more I didn't deal with things that I needed to deal with. The emotional things, taking things personally. I think one of the things, how it's affected my life now is one of the things I'm just starting to realize. And I and John, you talked about it a little bit. It's like your 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 calm, your your patience, some of that subtle things. And I'm not taking other people's reactions personally anymore. And that gives me patience. I, I get patience out of that because I'm not having an emotional reaction to something I don't need to have an emotional reaction to. I'm not taking it to heart. I, I, I get to look at this situation from the outside of me and and actually have this really cool adult conversation. If it's affected my life in a way where my relationships are a hell of a lot deeper than they've ever been. We just talked about this today is connection, right? I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. It's really basic stuff, but it's also subtle. Telling the truth at the beginning is really hard to do because I'm so damn ashamed of what my truth is and now it's just i won't lie either uh, uh, but the thought crosses my mind it's like ooh, i'm ashamed of this i don't want to tell anybody i'm just gonna you know tell that little white lie to get around that one because i don't want to have to own it but there's a lot that has gotten better but and, you know relationships changed and and I mean, man, I've I've moved twice, three times, twice, twice now. Relationships, a lot has changed. I'll tell you, it's been worth every minute of even the pain and the struggle. Big time. Like relationships not only changed, the people changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I find myself in groups of people I never thought I would ever find. You know, right. I got sober and I love sports and I grew up playing it. I don't even think about football, baseball anymore, like, because that was tied into like, I got to drink at 6 a.m. because the Broncos were playing, you know, but now my, now that's what you're faced with, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and relationally. Like, I feel like those are the five pillars of my chair that I sit in. And now I get to feel all those things without any aid, but my aids have changed. Does that make sense? I guess I shouldn't say without any aid. I now have people I can lean on 
and will listen to me when I'm talking about crazy things like, hey, on my way to work, I thought buying some meth was a great idea. <laughs> um, but that's yeah. the cross I sometimes. Yeah, like, yep. If I had a few fireballs before going to work, my boss would be a lot more pleasurable. You know, yep. <laughs> but that's where those new tools come in as, as someone that's recovering and becoming more healthy. It's exciting to know, and it's scary at the same time to know that I have this awareness, and I think awareness is this beautiful bitch. Sorry to say bitch, but it's, it's, all, um, it's all good. Because one thing, like now you're aware of a situation or a problem or something that you need to work on, but the bitch part is now I have to make a choice because I'm aware. In my addiction, I wasn't really aware of what was going on. I just thought most of it was normal. And now that I've gotten sober and I'm a recovery, like something comes up, like, you know, my sarcasm was a huge problem in our early recovery because I thought I was funny and that's how our, my family grew up was beating each other up. Well, come to find out sarcasm in Latin means to cut. Well, I would take people's things and, and things that they were personalizing and I would make fun of them for it and get everyone to laugh. And I thought that was okay. But this, this guy with 10 days in recovery, because he's just like freaking picking on people and their problems with thinking it's funny. And now I'm aware of this problem. And at first it pissed me off. Like, well, listen here, bud. But then I got to hear it for once instead of like being an anger or resentment. And I got to make a choice to change. It's like, okay, you know, there's a title place for my sarcasm and there's healthy sarcasm, but maybe I am beating people up because these are the things that kept isolating. Like people didn't want to be my friends because go, go around Derek, he'll beat you up and talk about your personal life and make, make fun of you for it. Well, those are the things I got to work on that don't ever make me want to go back to drinking or using because I love myself more now as that person that can have healthy joking instead of sarcastic beating up people joking. Mm -hmm. You know, like, again, it all goes back to that awareness and learning new things, I feel like. And I feel like that's what recovery is, is we fail, we get up, we learn from that failure because we're imperfect. But that's a part of it. Like, without my failures... I would not be this version of Derek today and be aware and knowing I need to make a better choice or try something different. So I always tell my clients like, Hey, it's okay to fail. That's a stepping stone to you being a better version of yourself. If you can accept that and surrender that and try something new. I'll say for me too, the, the failures go beyond recovery, but like, um, I think when Julie too, and you're talking about insecurity and, and things like that, that for me, just being bad at anything was just unbearable. Um, and that that goes back to kind of my childhood and this this pressure to perform and always be fantastic at everything. And you know, part of what's really changed is is being able to to not be good at lots of things, but especially things like you know some of my hobbies and things that I'm just mediocre and like, look, you're not here for the results. You're here, you're enjoying your time sober, having fun trying to learn something new and maybe you're actually not very good at it, but like, that, that can be okay. It's okay. And, and to extend some of this, be kind to myself and I'm, I'm trying to be a better father and like, I'm, I'm not always good. Like, well, you blew that one again, but in, okay. You know, you come back again. Cause I, I, I could, it, it wasn't just validation for results. Although I thought that too a lot, but like I was desperate to have someone say that they like loved me and cared me no matter how bad I was at everything. Like I was just waiting for that. And, and what I've kind of had to learn is like, you, you, you can't wait for that. You're going to be bad first. Like I'm, I'm bad at something every day. So that's going to happen first. And you, you, so like you, you, 
the only way to not have, have it happen is just not do anything at all. And that's what I was doing for years. I was doing basically as little real life as I could and drinking it away. And, and, and now I have the freedom to pursue things and like some of them don't work out and that's okay. It doesn't have to be a big deal. I don't have to run and hide from it all the time. And, and that I can sometimes honestly say like even things that here's my air quotes should be important. Mm-hmm. Like there's something I'm probably in this lifetime. I'm never going to get that good at. Like I'll do my best. But we got to accept like me and organization on paperwork, probably never going to happen. So I'll will that one. I feel that one, John. Yeah. But to be able to be honest with people, like, look, I'm sorry. Like if if this is really important, I'm not the person you're looking for. I'll do what I can, but this is not really my thing. And and to to balance that accountability of what I'm supposed to do with a, a realistic and honest appraisal of who I am and what I'm good at and what I'm not. And just being like, look, let's just keep it simple. There's some things I do well. There's others I don't. Let's try to get me doing what I'm like at work. Let me have me do what I'm best at. You know, there's other situations where it's time to grow, right? But I don't, I don't have to fear that all the time. Either disappointing myself, disappointing other people, it'll be okay. It really will. This is what it comes down to, right? Like, it's still gonna be okay simplify it right dumb like dumb it right down to as simple as you can it's gonna be okay it's I'm, I'm reading this book right now you are a badass jen cicero and like what you're talking about right now john is like just being a beginner and just if you're being a beginner and you have this natural curiosity about what whatever you're doing as woodworking is going to be you're okay with failing because you know you're just going to like start out even if you get better if you just have that um, beginner mentality you're going to have this open mind to trying new things because you don't really know what the heck you're doing and and it's and it's cool because I don't really know what the heck I'm doing but I I get a chance to continue to learn that's just the like whether it's woodworking or or just life in general, I think I'm better at it than I was before. That's for sure. <laughs> Cause I can at least show up. What Julie? Let's relate that to sobriety too, right? Yeah. None of us were good at that in the beginning either. And you have to like show up and try to get sober and be really bad at it Yeah. and give yourself the chance to suck at it and keep trying and get better and better at it. Like that's, that's literally what you're doing even with getting sober. It's yep. with everything, right? I think I learned a new respect or self-worth by being sober that I can get that. I never thought I could. You know, I I had for years the thought in my head, something's wrong with how much I drink. But the thought of actually quitting was like, I can't do that. I cannot do that. And I can do that. And even if some days are so shitty that the only thing that counts is that I didn't drink that day, that's a thing, right? That's where you wake up the next morning and said, see, you made it through that day. It didn't look good. And there's a lot of things that went wrong, but you did not drink. And that takes something to actually not run away from all of this and stick with it and wake up the next morning and say, I made it. And here's a new day. And it usually looks better <laughs> the next day. So I think that is one thing where I gained respect for myself. Then you, you did this. And that gives me also a lot of fear for one day relapsing or so because then that's gone 
but it may also protect me from relapsing because I don't want it to be gone, right? Because I'm I'm proud of it and I didn't think I could do it and I'm doing it. So that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. You know, it's also changed that idea of like what, that one day at a time thing. I got to be honest, in early recovery, and that was not, not my thing. Being able to say, like, just the, the whole concept, the repeating it, I, not my thing. But I, I am learning, even with, um, I what, what made me think was your, your comments on like the, what about relapse? Like, I, if I start thinking too big a thought about the future, it's, it's overwhelming to me still, but I'm just like, you just let it go. And it's not just about sobriety, it's better than, and just being like, look, it's really easier to let it go and, and just take one day at a time. What do I have to do today? Um, and if I put together good days, the future will kind of take care of itself. It's really just a mantra to stay present, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In the moment. Yeah. I mean, That's I, 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 never do before. I could never be really present. I was always running away. So sorry to catch you. No, you're perfectly fine. You're always, if you're always future tripping or you're always anxious about your past, like you can't be in that present moment, you know? So it's, we're talking about all this, you know, work and some of the difficulties we face. But, you know, when I think about my life and my addiction is drinking, I don't remember ever feeling joy like I do now. Heck yeah. That's probably one of the things in recovery that is now different. Even on the bad feelings, I get to feel what I feel and be okay with that. Like, that's one of the coolest things that recovery has given me. It's like I have those moments where you share, you know, a friendship or you're bowling or you're in nature or you're intimate. There, I don't, rem- I don't remember those times. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't remember the feelings behind it because I was always numb. I don't remember what relationships were like other than pain and suffering because I was so unhealthy and so drinking. And now all that stuff that comes along with relationships just makes me swap, even when it's hard because it's like, man, I'm doing this and I'm doing it sober. I'm doing it as myself. I'm finding out more about who I am. I'm taking risks. And as scary as that is, as much as that puts fear in me, and I don't think anyone could be fearless, like it's cool to see myself have that bravery, that courage to walk through that fear. But like, the one thing that stands out to me is I have a lot of gratitude that I never had before. And gratitude always recenters me. But I have this ultimate joy in my life, even when it seems dark. Like I have joy. And it's funny, like when they say that, they say, what, you know, have joy in your trials. And I'm like, what the fuck did that always mean to me? And now I realize like, it's not, it's not about, sorry about cussing again. It's, just, <laughs> it's all right. It's well-deserved. I get it. But if it's, it's not about having joy in the actual suffering, because we're all going to suffer. We're always going to fail. It's about the fact that after 39 years of everything I went through, I'm still getting up and I'm coming out of the fire and I'm forged even stronger and I'm a better version of myself. And now I don't need this thing, alcohol and drugs to define who I am or tell me who I am. I get to feel all that brand new as a human being, as like anyone else. And that's such a good feeling to like, when my life gets hard, I'm like, man, I'm going to come out of this better. And that's where my joy hits. It's not fun right now. It sucks. I might cry. I might get emotional. I get to feel that. But it's like, okay, I can take another step of courage because for some reason, whatever I'm going through, it's going to make me a better version of Derek. You know, and that's that's that joy. I can't describe it other than like it's just pure joy to know that. Right. And 
you talk about the joy, I'm going to talk about like grief and loss here for a minute, because I'm, this is something that I'm actually going through right now. And I just wrote about this. And so my aunt just recently passed away like three days ago and I was visiting her in the hospital with her dog every day when she was in the hospital. So her dog can see like the animals are comforting, right? Like they're, they just are. And so I wanted to bring her, her dog to her. So I brought her dog to her every day, but I was not even a year sober and my grandmother-in-law passed away. I couldn't even bring myself to go to the hospital. I was so terrified. Uh, I, I've got a thing with hospitals as it is. So I had, I, I was carrying that baggage with me too, but I was so terrified to go to the hospital, to see her on her deathbed, to say goodbye. I didn't, uh, I just didn't because I didn't want to be stuck with that image burned in my mind, in my head. Cause that's kind of what happens to me. And so I just refused. I didn't want to be like the last that, that to be the last thing I saw. And here I am almost two years later and I'm walking into the same place with a different person doing something completely different. And I have the courage to do it and be present in that moment and still be there. And I would have never done that before. I would have had so many excuses to find a reason to drink. Like that is a loaded, loaded situation for me to begin with. And I avoided it in early sobriety because I have, I, I'm, I'm guessing I had to, to protect myself. Like that's the way things are sometimes. I, I guess in, in that instance, I had the courage to just say, no, I can't do this. But over time, I've... I, I found the courage to go and do it and be there. And I was sobriety affected my life. It's kind of like what Derek talked about, like facing fear and just knowing that you're going to be okay anyways. And there's going to be people and I've found community. So I know if things go wrong, I have a soft place to land. And I that to me has been one of... It feels like a superpower sometimes. Uh, I have a soft place to land. I know I have someone to talk to. I know I have people to talk to. I know I have a place to go. When I fail or I do something that I think is stupid or I can be honest and I feel ashamed or whatever that may be, life gets lifey and it's getting lifey right now. And I've got a place to go and there's people there and community there and that that is a pile of strength that that I never even knew I had until this community started getting formed around me. Kind of an incredible way to look at that. Actually, it's a pile of strength. So I'm life's lifey for me right now too. Perfectly honest, I'm going through like probably the darkest depression that I have dealt with since I quit drinking. Um, life is just shitty right now. Like it's hard. And getting through every day kind of sucks, honestly. But but being sober and and having gained the tools that I have over the last couple of years, like I at least have the wherewithal to recognize it's not always going to feel this way. Like 
And sometimes that is all I can hold on to because shit sucks right now. And it is like I am slogging through life at this point, but at least I have the strength to do it because like previously when I was still drinking, I would probably this is this is the kind of time in my life where I would have just been drinking at 8 a.m. and I would just be drunk all day long and I would be like fully escaping from everything and inevitably making it worse, right? Because alcohol only ever makes you more depressed. It, it never made me happier. So at least I have like the strength and the the understanding to get through the crappy stuff. I don't have any doubt that I'm going to come out on the other side of it. I'd really like to know when that's going to be. <laughs> um, I, I would like for somebody to tell me this is going to get better like by next week. But... But yeah, I think that's actually a major change in my life and in who I am, that at least I can kind of, I can step out of myself and I can look in and see, okay, like this is what you're going through. This is where life is at right now. There, it's not always going to be like this. And, and I never had that kind of clarity before. I would just, I would just drink. I, I wouldn't even give myself the chance to have any clarity. So yeah, there is, there's a huge amount of strength, even in the, the really hard stuff, I think. Yeah, I agree. I I thought the same. That was actually the first thing that popped in my mind when I saw the topic for today is that I have more awareness of why I am the way I am, how things come to be, what are often in hindsight, you know, oh, that was a trigger, like a trigger of previous trauma. That's why I freaked out. That's why I feel so hurt. It's stuff that is the beginning for me to understand that in the future, I don't have to get that triggered. And I just, I would have never gotten to the point where I can now identify looking back. Oh, we had this whole shit show yesterday because I got triggered, right? So then maybe in another year, I can be, hold on a second, this is a trigger. We're not having a shit show right now because I am not going to get walk right into this, right? That's the goal, right? And I don't think I would have ever gotten to that if I just drank because then I could have never seen everything unfold and understand the way it is. And I do appreciate that because that gives me the chance to kind of live with whatever wounds I have down the road a little bit more healthy. And you too, Julie, will learn a lot from this crappy time you have right now, you know? Yeah. It's hard, right? I think that's like the most disappointing thing is that getting sober doesn't just make life easier. It just, that's not the answer. Um, in fact, in some ways, maybe it even makes it harder. I don't know. But more worthwhile and more meaningful. And and there's a lot of good in that too. What were we going to say, John? Well, I was going to say, I think it depends on what you mean by easier. You know, because uh, I, I was thinking of too is like uh, we were talking about escaping and I still have plenty of times of escaping, but now I can say, okay, here's how it's been today. I'm checking out for a while tonight, but it's not going to be alcohol. Maybe it's like I'll play video games or I'm going to bed early or whatever it is. And I can say like, this is my plan. Like I've reached my, my limit for what I got for tools today. I've taken care of the minimum, right? Like I'm, I'm not abandoning my responsibilities. Like things are going to be okay. And I'm going to do like the healthiest option I got left. And, and that's that, self-care. what's that? That's called self-care. My cardiologist might not appreciate all the, the junk food habits and though, you know, that sometimes <laughs> kind of be checking out, but I, I think 
and when it gets to be easier though is that like all the things that are still a struggle a lot of this other stuff like tomorrow is so much better because of it you know yeah. you know like when i'm like i can't take it i'm gonna get some extra sleep like tomorrow is a lot better compared to all the consequences i piled up on myself before yeah and 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 like the fact that my only coping mechanism just deepened my shame, right? Like, I, I was, I was taking all the bad stuff and 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 and, and, and like doubling down on it. My mantra was practically like, "Life is awful. We're terrible." And and you know, now, I, at least like the starting point is better, and with it, a chance to say, whatever I'm going through. I'm not going out of my way to make it worse and harder. Mm-hmm. You know, like all my old habits that just made me live in more regret later. Now I had a shot at tomorrow saying, okay, you know, we'll, we'll try again. And sometimes tomorrow's not better either. Um, but it, it, maybe that's part of the big change is like there's just at least a chance. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow, you're, you're right. Tomorrow doesn't even have to be better. And, like, that's okay. You're not making it worse. Right. Right? You might compound some things, and it might be because, you know, you're you're procrastinating on some of your responsibilities because I know that's, that's, you know, some of the things that I've done. It hasn't made tomorrow worse. It's just sometimes I've had bad days because I've procrastinated on things that I've needed to do but it really hasn't made it worse. Like it's still my fault. I, I I haven't compounded the situation by drinking it away and and completely avoiding it. Like I'm very aware of 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 what I'm doing. But how about being able? Care. Yeah. When I heard him say self care, like escaping, like yeah. <clears throat> Some days that looks like the gym. That looks like talking to my sponsor, going to truth, get out of nature's. And some days. That's just eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's, watching nine hours of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and eating, the, eating the, you know, in my jockeys and like that self-care, that's something that we put so much shame on that stuff, like in, in when we were drinking, but like, who's to say what escape is if it's not interrupting? Like, that just makes me laugh because I'll think of my self-care and like, yeah, I mean, I'm a yes man. Uh, I want to please people. I'm seeking. Yeah. And it's so important to take that time and escape with yourself, whether that's at the gym or whether that's whatever you like to do. So that's, that's so important when you hear self-care. I got to talk about that a lot with my employees and my clients. So big time, big time. That's how you fill your cup. Right. That's how do I go out and live with a half, half filled cup, you know? Right. And it kind of sounds like that's where Julie's at. And I've been there where you're having a hard time filling your cup and then you feel like you're not showing up for the things that you love to do whether it's anhedonia or pause or even the depression part, but like it sucks when you're at that point in life and you don't find joy in what you're doing, but you know, you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing. And that's where I learned, like, you just got to keep showing up for what's changed your life, even when it sucks. Cause there'll be a day it hits and it feels like you just broke through with you like a volcano and everything's flowing back mm. uh, because you chose to keep teaching your brain that this is what works instead of just falling back. That was huge for me because I've hit seasonal depression and I've been in those depressions where it's like three months and I'm like, this is, if this is life, like, why? 
but I kept showing up. I was like, I'm not going to change because this has worked. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to stop. And when I came out of it, I was like, wow, if I can do that, watch out world. I can do anything. Right. It's all about, it's back to basics, right? Like I'm, I'm totally back to the things that worked in early sobriety right now. Like I am, you know, forcing myself to eat healthy food and I'm forcing myself to go outside and go for a walk and I'm journaling every single day and I'm doing like some of that stuff. I don't know when things are good. I don't necessarily need to focus on doing all of those little tedious things every single day and life is okay. And, and it flows nicely. But when things are like they are right now, like I am, I'm absolutely just back to the very basics that I know that they work and I'm just going to hold on and, and assume that eventually they're going to start working again. Conversations like this, conversations like this are huge for me um, at times like this in my life. So the community part and and even and this is what I was gonna get to here before I can ask for help now and even more I can accept help and I think accepting help asking for help was hard accepting help letting someone help me was even harder to do that that, that was really me letting go and that I think was a major change because I started, if I can accept help, then I can have, you know, I can ask someone or someone can, how, how, let's give an example here. How, how often does someone say, Hey, do you need a hand with something? And you say, no, but you could actually use a hand with something, but you just say no. When someone helps me, they get a benefit out of helping me because they feel good because they get to help. They offered, right? And then I get to feel good because somebody somebody helped me. Like everyone wins in that situation. When I close the door, I'm stuck with holding the responsibility for the whole thing rather than someone helping out. So Derek had his daughter show up. So... He's going to go spend some wonderful time with her and I'm going to wrap this thing up. So we talked about a lot of awesome things, broad topic. So we covered a lot of little things. John, right at the beginning, you mentioned how subtle some of the things are. And it's like those, those little changes, those small changes, the subtle changes, they turn into big things, but they go a long way. And and I think they play into like the patience and all of that. Instead of the bad days clouding over the good days, the good days now cloud over those bad days. It just, that, that, that level of calm and peace and stuff like that, just, it, it just increases over time. I find we talked about, we were able to start addressing some of the underlying issues that getting sober isn't just getting rid of alcohol the level of self-awareness that comes with how it's affected our life and once you know things happen you can you can actually have a chance to address it self-worth increasing and and fe- just feeling overall better about yourself allowing ourselves to be present and we get to feel everything and I think, what's that? All of those are really big things that we can 
the, and they are, and 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 I think they all come from exactly what John said at the beginning: the subtle changes, mm-hmm. yeah. the little things. So I want to say thank you to Derek, who is now spending some time with his daughter, which is awesome. Uh, thank you, John, and thank you, Antje, for your time and your thoughts tonight. I really, really appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me here. Thanks, guys. Great to see you guys again. We also want to thank you, our listeners, for letting us be a part of your day. We'll be back next week with an episode all about dealing with the upcoming holiday season. And in the meantime, let's connect on Facebook or Instagram, where we share all kinds of bonus content to help inspire recovery wherever you are in your journey.